Good morning. I'm Coach Jake, and today we've got a little bit of a different Sunday. Uh, if you've been here for a minute, you know we call the pastors here coaches. We call the staff coaches because we believe in Ephesians chapter 4, that God gifts every single person who believes in him, and that the role of a leader at a church is to equip people to use their gifts with him. And the other thing we really talk a lot about here is Matthew 28, the great commission that Jesus has given us. And today, we're going to do things a little differently. We've, we're going to do a meeting, kind of the second part of our service, where we talk about some things that God's laid on my heart for us as a church, where we hear some practical, like financial stuff, and we vote on like a, yeah, is that what we want to do? Uh, and then we're going to close out our service with doing a response through our regular offering of like giving uh, of money to what God's doing here at Maywood, but also a response of like, what do we want to do with giving in the future? So there's like a lot happening, but I'll be right here with you, right? Like I'll walk you right through it, right? So you don't have to keep all that in your head, but what I do need from you is like, I need you to really put your heart into what we're talking about. We are gonna do a sermon right here, and that sermon is about saying, Jesus, I'm open to see things the way you want me to see them. So we're gonna pray here in a minute. Let me talk real quick about this idea of seeing stuff, because sometimes the way we see something changes how we feel, changes what we think about, and even changes what we do, right? Like our perspective is really powerful. So here's a quick couple of images on that. This first one is if you're walking in a city, and you're down at street level and there's a crowd, your mind, your heart rate, what you're doing is gonna be a lot different than if you're this next picture and you're looking at the same city, but you're on the edge of a helicopter, right? And like you're looking down on it. Like your thought process about that city, your heart rate, what you do next, it's all gonna be different, right? It's the same place, but a different perspective. Now, I don't have a helicopter out there in the grass, right? We're not gonna take helicopter rides today, but Maybe the thing that needs to change in your life and in our life as a church is our perspective, right? Like maybe that's the thing that needs to change today so that our emotions and our thoughts and our actions are different tomorrow, right? So if you're on step with me today and you're like, yeah, I want Jesus to give me a new way of looking at things, then I've got this next picture is the passage we're gonna be looking at. And it's got these open hands. Because as Christians, it's not about grasping. It's not about like getting everything we can and holding tight. It's about receiving from God and giving, right? Like that's our posture as Christians. So before we read this text, I want us all to pray. Sometimes we stand up when we read today. I want us to pray with an open hand. And then after you turn there in your Bibles, I want you to keep your hands open while we read. I know that might sound silly, but the reason we're gonna do it is it helps our minds stay open, right? At least that's what we're trying to do, right? So if it helps, we're gonna try it. If it helps, we'll keep it, we'll keep it right? So before we read Matthew 6, let me lead us in a prayer. Jesus, we trust that you are our good shepherd. We trust you to provide for us we trust you to guide us. We trust everything to you. Please give us new eyes, healthy eyes, 
today. Amen. So if you got a Bible, turn there. Today, more than most times, it's going to be helpful to have an actual text in front of you. Uh, it will be up on the screen as well, but it's going to be helpful to have it physically in front of you if you can. So we've been reading the same verses for a couple weeks here, but if you keep your hands open, there's something that most of us have missed, even though we've been reading it over, and that's the important thing for us today. So verse 19, if we go to the slide, it says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, no one can serve two masters, either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, we've read this passage a lot of times, uh, but there's this thing that's in our biblical text that most of us ignore, and it's going to shock you, right? This next image is this little kid, right? But it's going to shock you, like, wait, that matters? So there's these little footnotes. In verse 22, 23, you might hear that and be like, footnotes? Like, what does that even mean? Well, there's these little letters next to words in your Bible. And it's different than like a commentary or something else somebody's written that may be in the margin of your Bible. A footnote is when people translated these texts from Greek into English, it doesn't always translate perfect, right? Like languages obviously are different. So those little footnotes are there to tell us like, it's hard to put this into English. It's so hard that we feel like the word we put in there doesn't really totally capture it. So the footnote here is important. I sat down with uh, Coach Bob or Brother Bob uh, the other day for some coffee, and we were talking about this verse. Bob knows Greek. It's easy to say you know Greek better than I do, but Bob knows Greek well, and uh, I was asking about this, and he said, yeah, that's a good view on what this means. So if we go back to that, ver that first footnote in verse 22, it says the eye is the lamp of the body, if your eyes are healthy, and it has that little footnote, if you look at the bottom of your page, it'll say the Greek for healthy implies, and what does it say? Anybody looking? Generous. generous. A lot of you are looking. I like it. You guys have got Bibles actually open, right? So generous. That puts a different spin on it, right? Like this isn't just about like getting the little optometrist, like little lenses in front of you, right? Sort of healthy eyes. This is saying if your outlook on life is generous, then your whole body will be full of what? Light, right? We've all met people, and maybe we all have these moments, right? You come into a room, and for whatever reason, you think it's going to be fun or purposeful or a good time or it's going to be a loving thing, and you come with this whole different attitude, right? Like there's a light inside of you when you come into that room. But the next verse shows us the other side of it, right? Verse 23 says, but if your eyes are unhealthy, and what does your footnote say? Stingy, right? Your whole body will be full of what? Darkness. 
If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? This is a random place to take this to, but if you were alive in the 90s, you, and if you're a football fan, you can imagine what it would have been like to have been a Buffalo Bills fan, right? And they just like kept going to the Super Bowl and kept losing. And there's that like horrific, I don't even know who it was, but the guy like cheering with the football and it gets stripped out right at like the two yard line. You can imagine being a Bills fan in the 90s and they, it's, they start to lose. And how do you feel? Like here it comes again, right? It's... That stingy outlook, it's not just about like grubbing for more, it's that voice of doubt of like this hurt before and it's gonna hurt again. It's all gonna be bad. I better protect myself because it's gonna, it's gonna get painful. If you're living your life like a 1990s Buffalo Bills fan, like it's not, your relationships aren't what they should be, right? right? I mean like, if you're living, feeling like it's, whenever it starts to go good, I know it's going to still end bad. I know I'm going to be hurt and disappointed. It's a pretty dark thing, right? Like, no matter how it looks for a little bit, that's a lot of darkness. How great is that darkness? So when you pull up on Nolan Road, uh, on the on-ramp there, off of I-70, and you see some homeless person, like, waving a flag or a sign... Are your eyes stingy towards them or generous, right? When you see that neighbor or that family member, how do you view them, right? Is it this generous outlook of good as possible, of there's hope? Is there courage and love in your heart or is there doubt and fear, self-preservation, which maybe we should just call selfishness, like at times is what that means. There's a time when like the right thing to do is to protect yourself, right, physically. But there's another time when our outlook on people gets dark, gets stingy. And especially when we're vulnerable, whether it be financially vulnerable or whatever type of vulnerability we have, it's easy to get a stingy outlook on everything. So I wanna tell you guys a story. We're gonna hold off on the picture, save the picture for me, but this is a story I heard a sermon a long time ago, but the story stuck with me. I've forgotten the pastor's name even, but the story stuck with me. And it was about this lady, she's older, she's living by herself and she's washing dishes. And she's having this conversation with Jesus as she washes dishes. And she starts in an unhealthy outlook. She starts with stingy eyes towards herself. And she's talking to Jesus about what could she possibly kind of do in this season of life? How could she make any difference or really help anybody with how little she has physically, financially, whatever, right? She feels alone and like she can't do anything for anybody. feeling alone and like there's not enough that you can do that would really help. Here's the great thing about talking to the Holy Spirit, about talking to Jesus, is like Jesus will give us the type of eyes we should have if we'll talk to him. So she's talking to Jesus with this outlook of like, what could I possibly do? She looks up from the dishes and sees outside at the bus stop 
a group of kids that she doesn't know at all, right? Some kids waiting for the bus. Here's the thought the Holy Spirit gives to her. And it's not this big, grandiose thing. It's the right thing for her, though, right? It's just a simple idea of you know how to make blueberry muffins, don't you? And so that's this next slide here, right? It's just blueberry muffins. So this old woman, I don't know if she had any transportation. I don't know what her financial situation was. But she started making blueberry muffins for the kids at the bus stop every day. She got to know the kids at the bus stop. She got to eventually share about Jesus' love with these kids, right? This outlook of instead of, I can't help anybody, I can't do anything, I don't have enough, becomes Jesus highlighting, here's what you can do that you can be generous with. I believe Jesus has, for every single one of us, this season of our life, not next year, not 20 years from now, right now, there's some way you can make a generous response to God. Whether that be helping someone else, doing something generous directly to God, there's a chance to be generous with what you have. If you think it's very little, then why not give the keys of it over to God? Or be open-handed with it, right? So for you, you're here today. We're going to talk about Maywood and all this big stuff. Before we go to all this big stuff and the whole church, I want you just to have a moment with God yourself and say, God, give me generous eyes. So I'm going to give us a moment of silence. If you guys will bow your heads. Jesus, I'm about to listen to you. And I just want to listen Please make me generous. Jesus, for some of us that felt way too short and for some of us that felt too long. But I know, Jesus, that the conversation doesn't end here and that you're gonna give us more chances to listen to you. It's in your name we pray, amen. So it was a quick sermon, right? Some of you are like, man, why don't we do this every week, Jake? Like, that's nice, right? Like, let's just shot in the arm and go, right? Well, here's the deal is the reason I got to preach on this particular passage was this fits what we're about to talk about. So if we go to this next slide in Maywood, we got our little vision passages. Some of you have heard that Matthew 28 and Ephesians 4 a lot. But when we think about our future, at Maywood, there's a lot of reasons why we could be like that little old lady at her kitchen sink. And as a group, we can either have stingy eyes towards our future, or we can have generous eyes, healthy eyes towards our future. So I want to talk to you about that kitchen sink. I've got this picture here. And when I look at Maywood, there's so much I see that gives me hope. But for some of us in the room, like we got to catch up to each other, right? Because some of us in the room see stuff that makes us angry. Some of us in the room see stuff that makes us worried. And it's not coming out of nowhere. So like, let's get kind of on the same page. So I'm going to go kind of quick. But this is our like, why might somebody in the room be worried? Or why might somebody in the room be angry about the future of Maywood? So I talked to somebody just this week, very good person, but they were 
angry because someone they loved was serving very hard at Maywood and they felt like this is the deal with Maywood, like there's just never enough help. People don't help enough. It's the same people doing everything over and over and over. Now, that same person has come since and said, like, I got too angry. I shouldn't have said all that, right? But there's a truth here that, like, Maywood, we got, we got small after COVID, smaller than we are right now. And then God's been blessing us. There's been growth here. But the truth is it's tight on the people that actually serve to do ministries here at Maywood and keep it going. So some people are feeling that tightness. And for some of them, they're at the kitchen sink right now thinking, how much further can we go on with the help that we have even as things grow, right? There's another dynamic, uh, a financial dynamic. There's something amazing at Maywood. There's people at Maywood, if you've only been coming here for 10 years or so, you might not even know some of these folks that physically are not even able to be here with us present in the room, but continue to give, continue to pray. And in a lot of ways, it's like the reason Maywood is able to do what we're able to do right now. So here's some stats that in one way are beautiful and another way make you nervous about the future is giving at Maywood has declined over the last several years. And one giant reason for that is these stats are maybe a touch off. They're not quite up to date, but here in recent times, about 15% of the giving, the offering at Maywood was folks aged 70 to 85. Here's another stat, even more beautiful and more like nervous for the future. Another 15% of the giving at Maywood is people over 85. And the reality is like people in their 90s pass away at Maywood. Like we have a lot of amazing people at Maywood that live to their 90s, but they do go home to be with Jesus. And like giving at Maywood like continues to drop because the truth is like, we're not making them like we used to. I don't know another way to put that. <laughs> like uh, God's the one who makes disciples, but like the 90 year olds at Maywood are not just being instantly replaced by some 25 year old at Maywood or something, right? I saw something really beautiful happen just here recently. I got to see Earl Williamson and Justin Williams walking through part of the building. And there was this moment, it was like a father and son moment where like Earl was like so proud of Justin and Justin was doing so much of what Earl used to do. That's a small piece of what needs to happen as a church body of like we've inherited from our past a bunch of wonderful older folks, but we can't just expect them to take care of us forever. Like we have to grow into maturity, all of us, right? So you hear all that and you're like, oh man, well, I guess we're gonna, we heard, had somebody else I really love that, that comes to me with a lot. I said, Jake, all you've been doing is talk about money lately, which is weird for me to hear because I never talk about money until here recently. Um, I do wanna be really upfront with you guys about what we're doing. The immediate goal at Maywood isn't like, oh my goodness, the sky is falling. We're going to have to turn off the lights. We can't afford anything. Like shake everybody until they give their last penny. Like I really believe that if we follow Jesus, Jesus is going to take care of us. And when I say we, I mean we Christians right here in this room watching on Facebook. Like we don't have to have any doubt about our Father providing for us. 
we will always have an opportunity to serve him and to be with him. The thing that has changed in me recently, we had some of these stats about finances a couple years ago. Linda and others are amazing with our, our finances. And we knew like, man, things are getting tighter at Maywood. And we made some adjustments, but we didn't start talking about giving very much at all, right? What changed? There's another issue at Maywood that's deeper than the stuff I've talked about so far. And this is the thing where I feel like God's given me some clarity and it gives me a lot of excitement about our future. So if you were here last week, you saw Alan get baptized. I don't know where Alan's at at the moment. There he is. So Alan got baptized by Joseph and Joseph leads our serve team. I don't know where Joseph's at. He's up in the balcony. So Alan was our 30th person to get baptized this year, which like praise Jesus, like for what God's doing here at Maywood. And like, I will always remember one of my friends saying from the stage, like, we can't take this stuff for granted, right? Like, we can't take for granted that people are getting started with Jesus here. There's a flip side to the excitement. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Like, Joseph, we're talking about a homeless guy on Nolan Road earlier. Like, Joseph was a homeless guy living under, you know, living right there off of Nolan Road 18 months ago, something like that, right? But Joseph got baptized here about a year ago. He's leading our serve team. He's doing all sorts of great stuff here. He's baptizing somebody he used to run around with in the old days, right? So we can't take that stuff for granted. Like only God can do that. Like if you've ever tried to really help somebody who doesn't have a home, uh, I can't do that the way Jesus can, right? Like what's happened in Joseph's life is not possible just from good intentions, right? Like that's God's done that. But here's the other stat that's scary is the whole time I've been at Maywood since 2011, it's not weird that we baptized 30 people this year. I would say that's average. I don't have the stats for every single year, but I've known it's been as much as 50. And other than COVID, I don't know that it's been below 30. You don't have to be very good at math to realize like there's maybe a couple hundred people in the room. Maybe if we count all the kids, maybe there's 250 people here today. Like 30 times 12, it's more than 200 or 250, right? Like what's going on? We probably all know somebody who got baptized here who now is really plugged into another church. And like that's a win for the kingdom of God. Like that's great. I can think of people off the top of my head. So it's not like, oh man, everybody has to come to Maywood and stay at Maywood forever. Like God's doing great stuff outside of these walls and outside of us as a group. But if you've been here for very long, you probably know somebody who got baptized here who's dead from doing some stuff they shouldn't have done or who's blown up their marriage and committed adultery and put a bunch of stuff on Facebook for everybody to see that's just like breaks your heart if you love them, right? So as your pastor, we talk about the Great Commission, like baptize people and teach them to obey everything Jesus commanded. But when you start to see people get started with Jesus and really want to make it with Jesus, and then they fall apart, like I can't put on that burden on myself, like I would get totally crushed. But you also have to ask, be asking Jesus, like, what could we do different? And I literally, for a lot more than a year, it's probably been about 18 months or maybe more since prior to Joseph coming, 
I've been asking Jesus really heavy, really often, like, what do we do different? Like, something's broken at Maywood. Like, a lot is working right, but it's like we got a bucket with a way too big of a leak in it or something. Like, we can't just keep doing what we've been doing. And I'm not big on, like, a let's change every two seconds, right? I want a God to tell us what to do. What I'm about to tell you isn't like, oh, here's perfect golden tablets from heaven or something. Like, we're just going to do this. What I feel like God's told me is like, here's some principles of what could be better at Maywood. And then me and some other leaders have put together a plan of like how to get started. And the plan on getting started, we might have to change some stuff along the way. But the principles are, a lot of people come to Maywood, they're ready to get started with Jesus, but they don't really have the friendships, the brotherhoods and sisterhoods here at Maywood to really get pulled through hard times when they really need to transform as a husband or as a parent or as a worker or whatever, they don't really have somebody right there beside them that they trust enough to help them go deep and to get through it with Jesus. And so people get started and are all excited and then they fall apart. And the other thing that I see is in our American culture, like the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other stuff it chokes out a lot of people. They get a really good start with Jesus, but then they get so busy or chasing after money and they fall apart. And it's easy to look at the explosion of the marriage or the relapse that ends in death. But I'm gonna tell you as your pastor, some of those things I see like, well, the seeds of that was this person going way into debt, trying to catch up for all the time they were locked up and then trying to keep up with those debt payments and then getting away from Jesus and getting away from their family and things unravel, right? So it's weird of like, I came in this weird way to talk about money more. The reason I'm talking about it more and the reason I said a couple weeks ago, like if you need to give to another church or another thing, like I could even get behind that because like we have to teach you guys to obey Jesus with your money. Because if you read the New Testament, you cannot come away with this idea that like loving Jesus isn't gonna affect your wallet at all. Like Jesus wants all of you. And he doesn't say give 100% of everything to Maywood and you know, don't have a car or whatever. Like he doesn't say it exactly like that, right? But we have to start teaching about it because I want you guys to make it with Jesus. And so we're gonna be, I've been afraid to talk about money stuff partly because it can get so complicated. It's not super clear. We all have room to grow. Yeah, I could go on and on, right? But that's why we're talking about more. It's more of a discipleship issue than it is like, oh man, the sky's falling, Maywood's gonna have to shut down. It's more like if we don't mature as a group, like we're gonna keep having people fall apart like we've had them falling apart. And like, it breaks my heart. I know it breaks your guy. I know a lot of you know people and like your heart breaks for them. But we have to get into the uncomfortable places that people at Maywood in the past didn't get into we want to mature more, right? So let me talk about some of the good stuff that's right around the corner. Some of it's even happening. So I've got this slide here. I cherry-picked just a few things I could talk about more. That's Alan and Joseph getting baptized. I talked about that. That's from last week. But the good that's already going on here of people telling their friends about Jesus like that has to continue, right? Like we have to continue to find new life. And if you look around and think like, there's not enough people like me in this room, 
Well, that's because people that don't look like you are reaching out to their friends and bringing them to Jesus. Like the parts of Maywood that grow and grow and grow are the parts of Maywood that are evangelistic, right? So if, if we want to look different, like we have to reach out. All of us have to reach out to whoever God puts in our path, right? But we're doing that pretty well. Uh, I want to mention a few things we're going to do differently. One at the top right here, you got Justin and Josie, different generations here at Maywood. Uh, Justin has a different sort of path through his youth than hopefully Josie will have, right? Like if you know Josie, she's a pretty straight-laced little kid. I don't think she's going to do some of the stuff that Justin did, right? But at family camp this year, there were, if you were there for the meals, we had like 108 people there, but at every meal, people were all mixing. It was this like really beautiful melting pot of lots of really different people getting to know each other. And at Maywood, that family ministry, the new vision for that is to get families to really support one another in a way that we never, or at least not in my time, have done. And it's off to a really good start. And even as things have tightened budget-wise, the budget we're gonna show you here in a minute, it actually expands a lot of stuff going on with that family ministry because we see God wanting us to make sacrifices to keep having that thing be able to grow. Uh, this little thing, you can't see hardly anybody in that little picture. That's a, a ministry that Janet and others are leading to help folks that are over 65 in our church really figure out their purpose and to really have a good community here at Maywood. Like something we haven't been very good at in recent years. But by equipping Janet and others to listen to Jesus, like we're doing something better with our older folks than we have recently. Because they still have something to give, Not obviously not just financially, but of their all their gifts, all their talents. Uh, this Kingdom Kids little arrow here, if you've been at Maywood at all, you've heard about this kids remodel. Uh, we've been talking about fundraising for it. Uh, I, I think the newest figure is we've raised something like $95,000 for the remodel down there, uh, which has been awesome, right? Uh, our leadership board prayed about, should we do this remodel, should we not? Should we raise all the money on the front end? Should we not? Maywood doesn't have this crazy amount of savings, like there's no Fort Knox underneath the gym or something, right? But the leadership board really courageously said, like, let's not wait because God, our families are growing already. The family ministry is already growing. Like, let's spend some of what God's given us in the past to get this done as quick as we can. And so we went ahead and built it and then tried to raise the money on the back end and uh, we've been able to raise a lot of what we spent. But today, at 4.30, they're gonna do that Christmas play right here. The kids are, and Daniel and some others. And then they're gonna do an open house with this space. And if you hear me talk about Ephesians 4, and you're like, Jake, I don't understand coaches. I don't like that. Like, what does that even mean? Like, you get to walk through, if you're here tonight, a little bit of what that means. Like, Amy and Justin and Chrissy and a whole bunch of other people, like, they've got gifts I don't have. And they've poured themselves out on a physical space. And you can see what happens when people build each other up with their gifts. Like you see this space being given to some of our other kids workers. It's like, it's really good. Like it's a, it's a first fruit of that Ephesians passage. So that's today at 4.30. The last thing here, I won't talk about a lot, but scuba is we're totally revamping our Wednesday nights. And if you're here last, last Wednesday, I got to talk to most of the groups. I've still got a couple groups to talk to. But... It's about going deeper together. And you can check it out in January, but this idea of like, we have 
to get more vulnerable and build deeper relationships if we really want to go far with Jesus. So it's just a little bit of what is happening here at Maywood. I want to talk to you about the budget. And you might be like, wait, budget, like that? Let's not get into numbers. We're not going to stay in numbers long, but what's going to happen? I'm going to talk to you about a few numbers at Maywood. Then Mike Beckler, who's the leader of our leadership board, and Linda Whitworth, who's our treasurer, they're going to come up with me and, and talk us through kind of how to vote and how to do that. And if you're like, this is weird, why do we vote? Well, there's a lot we could say with that, but the basic idea is like as a church, we want to be together on like how we spend our money and we want to be together on the stuff that we do as a church, right? So we have the leadership board praying, occasionally fasting, getting ready with this plan, talking to leaders about it, but we also want to bring you guys in on it too. So let me hit some, some real big highlights from the budget. So we go to this next slide. Uh, becoming the fullness of Jesus together, we're going to be talking about that a lot come January, but but we're going to go to this next slide here now. So here's our 2024 budget proposal. Uh, the total for the Maywood for this coming year is 448000 and a little bit more. That's about a 5% increase from last year. I just talked about like giving keeps going down at Maywood, but then we're increasing our budget. Like, well, why would we do that? We're doing it because we're trusting that God's going to provide for the ministry he wants to do here. And it may take us time to mature as givers, but like our leadership board prayed a lot about it. And we made a lot of hard cuts. Some of you might groan at this, but like donuts at Maywood cost like about $7,000 to pay for donuts for Sunday mornings. And so like, we're not gonna have donuts come January. Like that's rough. At least if you guys say yes here in a minute, like we're not gonna have donuts come January, right? But we raised the total budget because there's some areas we felt like we needed to expand even as we're tightening a lot of other areas. So there's a lot of areas that got tighter while we still want to expand some. So let me just run through a few lines more quickly quickly where you can see them. So go to this next slide. Like our connect and outreach, we realize like we need to overtly as a church do more evangelism in our neighborhood. So we have a plan for that. Uh, Worship Arts already had some donations, so we were able to cut them down without really making a sacrifice there. If we go to this next slide, family ministry is where you'll see like the biggest growth in the budget or expansion. And that's because like, especially the kids and youth areas have grown a lot numerically. There's a lot more kids and youth coming than there were a year ago. There's a lot of healthy things happening in those ministries. Uh, But the biggest change in this budget is youth used to have a budget for youth camp. Now we've rolled that into family camp. But in the past, when things have been tied at Maywood in recent years, we've done a lot of fundraising but we don't have a ton of volunteers. And the fundraisers, sometimes it's like Maywood people buying a bunch of stuff to sell to other Maywood people. It's like a lot of work that we could be reaching out to our community with. And so we just decided like, we're not gonna fundraise for family camp. We're not gonna do fundraisers as a church this next year. Like we're gonna grow in our discipleship and just give to the ministry that God's doing. And we're gonna use our energy to do ministry together rather than to fundraise for ministry. So that's the big change to family ministry being increased like 12,000. It's family camp. I think they raised about $12,000 last year to be able to do that for those families. So uh, one more slide here on numbers before I invite Mike and Linda up. Our last slide on this. Nope, we don't have it. Okay. Uh, Or is it just not moving, Nick? We don't have it. Okay, sorry about that. If we go back to then the overview, and for those of you with like eagle eyesight, you'll be able to see, but I'll try to just mention it to some of you. So go back to the, maybe that overview 
if we can. If we can, that's okay. I've got it here in front of me. The big thing to point out in that last bottom is continue to do our missions and giving around the world, continue to do different fellowship things. A lot of that is actually staying very similar. And with inflation and how things are cost a lot more, like we had to make cuts to some areas to keep those ministries similar. But you'll notice $154,000 is just to our facilities. Like at Maywood, we host a GED program, an ESL program. We host a whole other church, Generation Church. We host a bunch of stuff. We're really generous with our building. And so that's one of the ways that we serve and give, but it's, it's expensive. Jesus, I thank you for being our good shepherd. And Jesus, you have given me healthy eyes towards Maywood. There's been a temptation to be stingy or to be afraid, but God, you've opened up to me the possibilities here. And I pray for all of us that you give us fresh eyes, what you want to do through us together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys.